Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Here's one of the interviews from the stage of Code Commerce 2017 in New York City. If you like it, please leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay. Welcome. Thank you. To the red chair. Thank you. Um, I have to start with the most important question, which is, uh, did you take an ice bath this morning? Because you're an ice bath guy, and that freaks me out a little bit. Uh, yeah, I am. I didn't realize you were going to ask that, but um, right. I am. I, like, I feel like it's kind of a Silicon Valley cliche, so I kind of like to keep it on the, on the DL, but then you wrote about it, and now it's... Yeah, it's kind of out there now. now. it's the opening question. <laughs> um, there was not a bath in my hotel room this okay. morning, so I just, had to, I just had to take a cold shower for, for five minutes. Um, Still sounds pretty but bad. It but it was one of those showers with a, a mix thing. It's not like a separate cold and hot, so it doesn't get quite as cold as the showers with the dedicated cold. That's, those are the coldest showers. Wow. Uh, well, thank you um, for being here, despite the fact that you didn't get your usual ice bath. Yeah. Um, so Tim is the president of Pinterest. It uh, means you do a lot, but primarily you run Pinterest business, um, which is a bunch of different things that we're going to talk about. But I want to start, since we're here talking commerce, I want to start with commerce. Um, for the last uh, many years, you guys have been a, an inspiration site, the kind of place where people go and they figure out what they want to buy, what they want to do. How do you transition, or do you want to transition to a site where I don't just figure out what I want to buy, but I'm, I'm figuring that out and I'm doing it on Pinterest besides, instead of going somewhere else? Yeah. Well, the, the, the mission of the company from the very beginning was and is uh, to help people discover what they love, sometimes what they didn't even know that they loved, and then help them go out and do that in the, in the real world, hopefully as quickly and as efficiently and as, as fast as possible once they, once they get that, that idea that inspires them. Um, and I think it's safe to say that we've made um, significantly more progress and headway on the discovery side than we have on the, the do side. And so the last couple years of the company, we've just been very focused on trying to take um, our pinners from, from that moment of inspiration, when they see the outfit that they love, the shoes that the model's wearing, when they see the living room vignette where they love the love seat uh, or the couch, we want to make it as easy as possible to kind of act on that inspiration and, and, and shop and transact if, if that's what they want to do in that moment. And as easy as possible, does that mean they're literally buying on Pinterest? Or do you consider easy as possible being one click to somebody else's website? It's, it's what the pinner wants. Okay. So, in, it, and what I mean by that is that some pinners, um, a small set of pinners, actually want to buy on Pinterest, and we have their payment credentials, and we have a product called Buyable Pins that allows them to buy on Pinterest. Um, the majority are still going to the retailer. Yeah. Um, in both cases, by the way, uh, the retailer takes, you know, the entire retail transaction as their own. We don't take a cut. We don't take a tax. Right. Um, but in both cases, um, you know, we just want to make the the experience as seamless and as easy for the, for the consumer and for the pinners we possibly can. Right. We were talking about affiliate links earlier on the stage. Um, and, and as you just mentioned, you guys don't want to be involved. You want to be involved in the sense of you want to help the user find what they want to buy. You don't want to take a cut of that transaction. Why but, not? Because it seems like you'd be in a prime position to do such a thing. I just don't think we, we believe that's the best business model. Um, we don't think, I mean, when we think about the, the the Pinterest experience, what makes it great is that we have a collection of billions of ideas and millions of products. 
And it's the breadth of that collection of both the ideas and the products that makes it work so well. Mm -hmm. And when you start taking tax, broad-based tax across all those ideas and all those products, I think actually you, you limit the breadth of retailers who want to participate. So they don't, want, they don't want you to get a cut. And so are you finding that they're more willing to put an entire product catalog on Pinterest Absol because you're absolutely. not doing this? Absolutely. And it's not, you know, it's, this is not a new, a new model. This is, this is Google's model, right? Sure. Which is that publishers wanted their pages indexed. So they used webmaster tools to help Google understand what their pages look like so that they would show up more regularly and higher in organic searches. And if they liked what they were seeing and they wanted more, they could buy AdWords. And it's a, real, it's a very analogous model. Got but we, we believe that, that we have to give away value to make the ecosystem work between us and retailers and consumers yeah. before we start to think about reaping and, and taking value ourselves. So I think uh, earlier you mentioned that you said a small amount of people or, or a small number of people are buying through Pinterest versus going somewhere else. Um, can you give us a sense of, I don't know, uh, either how many people are doing that, or you know, if I see 100 pins on Pinterest, what percentage of those are going to be buyable, shoppable pins? Yeah, so an increasing amount are, are going to be buyable and shoppable. So we have a, we have a product called Shop the Look, um, that as you're, as you're either scrolling through your home feed, so browsing products, or doing searches, pins will come up, and they'll have... Um, dots on them that basically signify that those items have been tagged in those images and users can tap on those dots and then the specific products come up that are in the image. This is not something novel that we're doing. There, there are several other companies doing this as well. Uh, I think the interaction that we've done is, is, is elegant and works really well for Pinterest. Um, but you're going to see an increasing amount of those okay. and, and the ability once you're inspired by a living room vignette. You're inspired by a recipe, an ability to sort of understand the detail behind that vignette, understand the detail behind the reading chair that's in that image, and then learn about that product, tap on that product, and, and, and go, to the, go to the retailer and buy it. Got it. But is, is it rare right now to have a shoppable, like, no. shoppable pins are in the minority, though? They're in the minority, yeah. Can you give us, can you give us a sense of what I, it would I be? Don't, I don't have. You don't I mean, know? it's probably, it's probably at, the, at the moment, it's probably single-digit percentages. Okay. But, but that, that is going to, that's going to scale over time. So how do you scale it? So I, I think it's, it's with, I mean, what, what we have developed... I think from a technology standpoint is a lot of really powerful visual discovery technology. So what, what does that mean? It's basically just computers that can look at images like human beings and readily recognize objects and images mm -hmm. um, and connect those objects to the right product. And so to scale, we basically just have to bring that technology to bear to recognize more and more products in more and more images so that that experience yeah. is, is more predominant on, on Pinterest. I want to talk a little bit about the visual search stuff, but I, before we get there, I'm, I'm curious, when you talk about um, kind of hurdles to maybe getting, getting more of these pins, how do retailers react? Like when you go out to a retailer and you say, hey, we want to make this item Buyable right inside of Pinterest. What does it take for them? Do they have to spend a lot of time uploading a product catalog? Like, is there a is there a hurdle on the retailer side to getting this stuff actionable? It's it's, it's a pretty low hurdle. So if they worked with if they work with um, sort of an e-commerce platform like Shopify or Demandware, it's mm -hmm. if they flip a switch and their product catalog is in 
Pinterest and it's and it's viable and it's labeled and it's labeled. Now, obviously, everyone is not on one of those those platforms. Although a lot of retailers are, especially in the tail and torso, um, more the head retailers we have to integrate with with directly. Okay, and so do you guys have a, a key? Is there a big retailer, a, the biggest retailer? Yeah, I mean Nordstrom, Neiman, um, uh, Tory Burch, uh, a, a number of retailers that you would you yeah. would know. Yeah, they're of. all selling items directly through Pinterest. Yeah. Um, so you talked a little bit about, about visual. I think this is very interesting. This is a very uh, uh, big part of it. You, you guys were at Can. You had all these cool setups there, kind of showing people your visual search technology. Uh, the idea being, and correct me if I'm wrong, I hold up my phone, I take a picture of something, and your software algorithm will say, OK, I know this is a black chair. I'm going to show you a lot of other black chairs that kind of look like this. Yep. Why do you think? that is a better way to search on Pinterest than typing in black yeah. chair, which is what people have been doing for a long time. Yeah. Well, I think, I'll take a stick, quick step back and say that, you know, people use Pinterest to discover brand new things, like things they didn't even know existed. The handbag that they find they may have never seen before. The pair of shoes that, that I discovered last week, I had never seen those shoes and I'd never heard of the brand that makes them. We think that kind of discovery is just naturally visual because it's hard to describe something that you've never seen or heard of, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's, it's, it's natural that the way that Pinterest works is highly visual, including the navigation, including the search, including more like this, which basically is just this visual rabbit hole. Um, where you don't have to come up with any, any queries to kind of narrow in on the thing that you're looking for. Um, I think text search works really well when you're in the spear phishing mode. Amazon and Google work great when I know exactly what I want. When I want the 42-inch flat screen TV from X brand, Amazon's awesome, right. and so is Google. Um, when I want to know what my bedroom and my new apartment should look like, What's the, what's the text query for that? Yeah. Um, and so we think that the way that Pinterest is set up, and by the way, there's a use case with the camera as well, um, we think that early process, where, by the way, we think a lot of the purchase intent and purchases actually start on Pinterest is just, is just highly, highly visual. So, so people come, and, and this feels like a mobile not mobile only, but a mobile dominant product, right? Because if I'm going to walk around and take a picture of something and search for it right there, it kind of has to be quick and easy on my phone. I'm probably not going to take a picture, upload it somehow to a desktop, and then and yeah. upload it, right? So this yeah. is a mobile thing, is that yeah. safe to say? Yeah. How do you, uh, you know, what if I know that I, I want to redecorate, but I'm not in a room that looks awesome that I want my future living room to look like? How, do, you know, how does it work when you're not physically in the presence of something that you want to search for. Yeah. Well, what we see is people use really broad-based terms. So they do start with, with so words start with in this case, but they'll, but they'll say bedroom, or maybe they'll say apartment, and then they'll select visual guides that, that allow them to select the room of the apartment that they're interested in. So maybe they select bedroom, and then maybe they select bedside table. Yeah. And then typically they go into a mode of, okay, well, there's the bedroom, there's a bedside table. What style do you like? Right, because my bedside table that I'm into is going to be different than yours. Maybe Probably. I like mid-century modern. Maybe you like bohemian. Okay. Right. Maybe those are our different tastes, and so our results should be should be different. Sure. Um, and and then you and then people sort of narrow in on that yeah. and and learn more about that 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 pro that uh, that product, and then in some cases they they buy right there. In some cases, they actually save that product, so they might save it to a board that says, you know, my future 
um, bedroom in my next apartment or something like that, and they'll come back to it come back to it later. So I know this technology, this search by image technology is relatively new for you guys. Yeah. Can you give us a sense? So I, I assume is the, the majority of search still done by text? So the majority of, of the search that's done where there's like a, a, a text box, right, that says like that, that you can type images. Yeah, I mean, that always starts with text. Okay. Um, I mean, the interesting thing that I'm, I meant to say in my last answer is that what's we think is fascinating, and it creates, I think, a, a remarkable opportunity for, for retailers, is 97% of the time that users search on Pinterest, when they type in text in that case, the searches are unbranded. Okay. And it, it, so they know they want a, a it underscores, white bed, but it they underscores, don't know underscores the complete, completely the mode that people are in on Pinterest, which is that they know they want something, right? They know they want to redecorate their bedroom. Or maybe they know they want a bedside table, but they don't know anything more than that. And so we don't see brands in our queries. And if I'm a brand and I sell a bedside table, what better place to reach the consumer than when you know you want a bedside table, but you have no idea who you want to buy it from? Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're on a classic search engine and you type in you know, crate and barrel bedside table, if I'm, if I'm the emerging brand that's trying to sell a different kind of bedside table, that's a much tougher spot to first interact with a consumer in, in our view. It's a lot more friction. You have, so you have the same uh, possibilities but also challenges that a Google would have, right? The higher up I appear in the search results, the more likely I am to sell my bedside table or whatever it is I'm trying to get people to notice. How does that work? Obviously, you guys sell ads, so a promoted pin, what, shows up higher up than, than other pins. Do you guys have partnerships with people that would you know, boost someone higher up in the algorithm? Like, How does this whole thing work? If I'm a retailer and I want to make sure my stuff actually gets seen, what is the strategy to do that? Yeah, so I mean, we're increasingly, much in the way that search engine optimization came of age you know, 15 years ago, um, we're increasingly trying to be as transparent as possible with, with retailers and other people who sell products and services in terms of what information we need. We need the image, we need the link, but then we also need data behind that. And we use that data basically to show relevant queries to, to people um, based on their taste, based on their style, based on um, the mode that we think they're in. Um, so that's, that's a work in progress, but we're trying to be... Um, again, more and more transparent exactly how that distribution yeah. works. Are so best... In the same way that you know, Google uh, tried to do that you know, 15 or so years sure. ago. Are there like best practices for, for retailers? Like, I mean, when, yeah, I'm writing, you know, when we write stories, we pay attention to SEO and the URL and the, the words that are in headlines and decks and all that stuff. I'm sure, yep. is there similar yeah, tricks? Yeah, I, mean, I think, that, I think the, the, the two things that I would say, one is um, the images need to be an idea. And so what, what do I mean by that? Picture of these, just these jeans on a white background is not an idea. Mm -hmm. This outfit is an idea. Might be a bad idea, but it's an idea because it's like a combination of things. And, and what, what retailers and, and anyone else who's, who's trying to get distribution on Pinterest needs to do is create images or pins that, that really represent ideas. Um, and then behind that, the data that they pass to us, and there are a lot of ways to, to pass that data behind the pin to, to Pinterest, the notion of, of um, telling us what are the various tastes that are embodied in that image. Right. Okay. So I don't even know what this style is called, but Silicon whoever Valley sells, yeah, yeah. 
because Silicon Valley cliche. Yeah. Um, you know, probably a better term than that, but some retailer knows what that term is, and, and getting, getting that information to us allows us to do the following. It allows us to change searches based on who's actually searching. So when you search for the red leather couch with just the red couch, and I search for red couch, we actually get different results. Okay. Because that's happening now, or that's that's the happening dream? now. Okay. That's happening now, and that's the way it should work. Right. If we search for a stock quote, we should get the same price. But when it comes to, to taste and style, the, the fact that you know on on in other search experiences, you and I get the same result for apparel or for home decor, anything, it, makes, it doesn't make any sense. How do you get over that um, challenge when someone's an, a new user, someone's onboarding, right? I yep. write a lot about Twitter. This is, some, this is one of their big things is when you sign up for Twitter for the first time, you're not following anybody, no one's following you. It's, it's not as much fun. Yeah. So I imagine when I go to Pinterest, I haven't told you what I'm interested in. I haven't told you my style. How do you make sure that that person doesn't get turned off right away and leave for somewhere else? Yeah. Well, when a user signs up, because they know it's a place to discover things that are interesting to them, often in beauty, home, food, um, style, uh, they actually tell us a bunch of stuff about themselves before we initiate them into the service. Okay. It's, it's really lightweight. Kind of high level, actually, high level. High level. And then we also know their, their age and their gender. So with age, gender, and then a couple of basic interests, we actually can do a reasonable, kind of reasonable job at the cold start. Um, okay. And you find that that, that works in, well enough for, for what you're trying to do. Yeah, I mean, our, our uh, sign-up to activation rates are, are great, and they actually keep, keep increasing. Okay. So, so it's, it's working. You don't want to tell us what they are, though? I, I don't. Okay. Figured I'd ask. Uh, for those people who are in the audience and would want to advertise on Pinterest, uh, we talked, obviously, that you're not taking cuts of sales. Um, you're an ad business. So... Have you found, and, and this is kind of, I, and I wrote about this when I've written a few stories about Pinterest this year, that this feels like the first really big year for you guys uh, business-wise. I had heard that you're supposed to do aiming for more than $500 million in revenue. Uh, you can nod your head or blink or something if you want to say that that's true. Uh, but how do you feel that you guys are, what stage are you at business-wise here? And if I'm an advertiser, am I spending my Google search budget and you know, siphoning off some of that to come to Pinterest? Am I, are, are you a social budget? Like, how are people spending money on Pinterest? Yeah, I mean, I, what, what we're increasingly seeing, the, the, the retailers that get it, the retailers that are, that are spending with us uh, in earnest, understand that purchases start on Pinterest, and they end with some of those other platforms. So they end when you retarget the user. They end when you put the ad in front of the user who's searching for your exact product by brand. Um, but, the, but the retailers who, who get us are starting to understand that we actually seed net new demand. We actually incept people with the idea that, you know, that bedside table from that brand would actually look great in, in, in my house. And what we're increasingly able to show with sort of controlled split experiments is that when we are there in like that first early touch situation, right? When we're there with that bedside table versus when we're not, um, we basket size is 40% higher, the path to purchase is shorter, and the new customer ratio, so the number of new customers that we're sending that retailer when we're in the equation versus not is significantly higher. We have a lot of retailers who do campaigns with us um, even established retailers where 70, 80% of the transactions are from customers they've never seen. 
Hmm. And it's this, it's this idea of, of when people are in this, this discovery and open-minded mode, it's, it's a perfect time yeah. to find new people who don't know that much about your brand or, or maybe know about one part of your brand but don't know that you sell this, that, and the other thing. So you're not, you're not necessarily doing a lot of retargeting right now? It sounds like it's more brand dollars that are coming your way? No, you know, it's, we, we see dollars. I mean, when, when we look at where budgets are coming from, they span. And, and it's, it's not surprising because we're sort of in this, in this area that isn't really brand. And it's not really pure, like, bottom of the funnel yeah. um, demand fulfillment, right? And so what we see is that people are increasingly, especially people who feel like their market share isn't moving, Right, so we, we uh, a guy who runs marketing for us used to run marketing at Walmart.com, and he t he says this uh, regularly that that his experience with the other digital platforms is that he would spend more and more, but his market share wouldn't move because he was just getting the same customers yeah. and getting them to spend more and possibly getting to customers who would have bought anyhow. And what what we're basic what we're finding is that the we're able to basically isolate when we when we can generate brand new demand yeah. that wouldn't you know wouldn't have been generated you know otherwise, and then people buy on, on that basis. But the question was about budgets. The budgets are coming from everywhere. Okay. And they're, what they're doing is comparing. You know, they'll compare. Hey, I spend with this platform and this platform in this scenario, and then I spend with the same two platforms plus Pinterest. And in that second scenario, I'm getting a better return on ad spend who in do, aggregate. Who do you guys emulate these days? I mean, are you looking at an Amazon? Are you looking at a Google, a Facebook? Like, is there someone out there who's doing ultimately what you want to do? I don't think so. I mean, like I said earlier, I mean, I think, and I think this will change and evolve over time, but, but Google search and, and even Amazon, um, they're really, they're, they're for people who are ready to go spearfishing. Right? When people know what they want, those are awesome services. But I think for people who are trying to plan their lives, right? what do I want to cook for dinner tonight? What do I want to wear to that party on Saturday? Um, what science experiment do I want, don't want to do with my kids on Sunday? Where do I want to travel uh, for the holidays? Those types of broad-based uh, broad planning moments are what, what we're after. And I think what we're uniquely, uh, uniquely good at. And I don't think that that is done well anywhere on the internet or on the phone today. Okay. Um, I'm going to take some audience questions in just two minutes. A uh, couple more things from me, but for those of you who are interested to ask Tim a question, um, feel free to line up or prepare yourself. Um, I need to ask, you're a private company. A lot of people are expecting that maybe one day you'll be a public company. Uh, can you give us any idea of how you guys are thinking about an IPO or something like that? No plans. No plans. For an IPO. Can you, uh, Snapchat obviously went public earlier this year. It's kind of the biggest tech company to, to make a lot of waves doing that. What did you think, what, what have you learned from someone like that? Is there, I imagine you guys pay some close attention to other tech companies. Is there something you've learned from kind of their first six months, eight months on the stock market? I mean, we try not to pay too much attention, um, but 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 I think look, I I mean, I I, I think on, on broadly speaking, I think Snap's gonna do fine. Okay, 
they've created a terrific product. There are a lot of people who use it, and they spend a lot of time on it on their phone. Yeah. And I, I think the ad dollars are going to follow. Okay. So, I mean, I, I guess in the short term, you, you might argue that there's some cautionary tales in there, but um, you know, we try to, like, like a lot of uh, folks in technology, we try to keep ourselves focused in the long view. Yeah. And like the shirt. Yeah, and so yeah. I think the, the long view is, you know, the, the, the people who build services that create value for people are going to build long-term good sustainable yeah. businesses. And I suspect, though, I suspect Snap will be in that category. Um, last question from me. Um, a lot of Twitter and Facebook these days is politics. It's a lot of news. We're seeing a lot of drama around with Facebook around fake news. I don't get news from Pinterest. Maybe some people do, but you kind of feel like a, a distraction from a lot of the stuff that's maybe happening in the real world. Do you feel th that you guys fit that role? And have you seen, I don't know, are people coming to Pinterest more to kind of escape the, the real world politics that's happening these days? I mean, I, I think that what we're, what we're seeing and when we um, hold focus groups, I, I do think people are, are starting to become more deliberate and conscious of how they spend their time on the phone. There's been a lot that's been written about spending endless minutes or hours on your phone and the impact that that has on you. And, and I think you know, we have this experience. I have this experience when I get off of a social network and I'm, you know, I, maybe I'm on there for 30 minutes at the end. I don't really know what I have achieved apart from realizing that my life's not that interesting <laughs> compared to all my friends. Yeah. And You're on stage here, though. That's pretty cool. I'm on stage here. But, but, but I think what, what we're seeing is a lot of our users tell us what I like about Pinterest is that I'm on it for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And at the end, I've, I've been inspired. I've, I've made plans, or I've started to make plans about where I live, what I want to eat, mm -hmm. um, what kind of car I want to drive someday. So it sounds like an escape. It's a... It's a platform it, to think about it's things an that haven't happened. With, with a real, like, tangible benefit in my real life, you know, either immediately in the, in the recipe that I cook for my kids tonight, or, you know, maybe in December when I go somewhere for the holidays that I, I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Uh, we have time for a few questions. Is there anybody out there who has a question for Tim? Otherwise, I can keep going. No? Uh, I do have one more question in case someone gets up the, the, the nerve to come ask you one. Um, media stuff. Um, you guys have attempted at, at one point to kind of um, get some like original stuff on Pinterest. Uh, maybe I would go spend time watching a video from a publisher or something like that. Uh, is that still a priority for you? Is that still something you're thinking about? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that continues. I mean, we still have a lot, I mean, a, a lot of the content. 75, 80% of the content on Pinterest is not user-generated content, right? It's content from businesses who, in their own way, are publishers, and then it's content from, from media companies, uh, typically focused around the verticals where we're, where we're strong, yeah. and we continue to see um, a lot of that content, and, and um, I think you're gonna see over the course of the next um, months and, and years us inventing new ways in which, in which publishers can um, 
create experiences on Pinterest that are, that are suited for that planning thing that, that I've been alluding to. Like would there be a, a TV or you know, maybe a digital show that would be exclusive to Pinterest someday? Like I would come watch a cooking show that I can only see on Pinterest? I mean, I, I, guess, that's, I guess that's possible. I, um, what, what I could imagine being something that, that's, that's maybe you know, something that could happen in, in the near term is something that would be instructions for how to cook a recipe, making that um, making that easier, um, you know, like shop the look, which which is already out there. I mean, that just makes it easier when I see an image that is inspiring to me, and I see the pants on the outfit that the model's wearing, and I want to buy them. We're trying to make that that whole process yeah. process easier. So I think more of that than than maybe video media stuff. Except to the degree that media or video helps, you know inspire people to, okay. to do something. And, and I think there is a place for sort of how-to and tutorial video. And there's actually quite a bit of that on Pinterest, and I think you just see an increasing amount over time because everything is, you know, as everyone knows, is, is shifting to, from kind of static images We're to motion. Pi pivoting to video. Um, oh, do we have one quick question? I'm Tom Dwyer. I'm with Tailored. It's a menswear company focusing on millennial men. When we started our social strategy, really just building our brand through Pinterest, we found that there wasn't a great correlation between our target audience and just active users on Pinterest. And not sure if that's something that you guys are seeing, but is there anything you're doing to kind of bridge the gap and expand more to a male interest or just younger male's interest? Yeah. Well, when I, so I've been at the company for almost six years. And when I started, I think we were 98% women. Yeah. And today, if you look at Comscore, the split's about 70-30. Um, by the way, if you look at that split for Instagram, it's about 60-40. So the, there, there's, a, there's a bit of a misperception, I think, particularly in the United States, that, that we just skew disproportionately female. Um, I mean, 40% of our signups today are from, are from men um, globally. And if you look at some of the other markets uh, in Europe, it's actually a much more even split. You know, call it call it sixty forty in like a Germany or a France. Um, so I, I guess my my answer would be try again um, because I think I think things have evolved and changed. Um, a lot of the things that we're good at, food, home, style, like those matter to to men in the same way that they they matter to women. And and we're also strong on things like gardening and and, and other things and, and woodworking, which is I guess more stereotypically. Um, a male category. How do you go? Yeah, how do you go from ninety-eight to seventy thirty? Is it expanding categories that are are more stereotypically male-dominated, or there, how do you I do that? I think there's some of that, but I think there's also just a, a um, more and more people are realizing what Pinterest is good at, which is helping you plan plan your life. And women women aren't the only ones that need to plan their lives. Um, and so for the things that I talked about, I mean, there are, there are a lot of men who cook. There are a lot of men who put on clothes in the morning and, and care about what the configuration looks like. Um, and so I, I just think, I think what has changed is just people have, people have begun to just understand who are men, that they can get a lot of value and utility out of the product. Awesome. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening to Recode Replay. Remember to leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Replay and be sure to check out our other podcasts. Every Monday, I host Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. 
On Thursdays, you can hear Recode Media, in which Peter Kafka interviews the smartest and most interesting people in the media world. And on Fridays, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask, along with Lauren Good of The Verge, where we answer all of your questions about consumer tech. You can find all these shows and more at recode.net or wherever you listen to your podcasts. <laughs>